of the machine. Welcome back to this week's uh, episode of getting back to our movie reviews type episodes of Men in the Machine. I'm Kevin. And I'm DJ. We back, boys. <laughs> we, we back. We back up. What is that freaking? We them boys. That's what the cowboys use. Yeah. We them boys. And then just like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> uh, and we're doing a, what would this be? Like a four month delayed fan request. Yeah. The last time I was on here was when we were doing the Stan Lee tribute. Which he passed away in November, right? Some, yeah. Roughly. We and definitely didn't record in December, so. Even then, that was like three or four months after we were asked to do what we're doing today, which yes. is Space Truckers. Yep, our first and only fan request. Yeah, and you know, who knows if we'll get more if one of my friends. Everyone we know, everyone who listens to this generally we know, so just text your boy. Mm. Like, hey, watch this movie, and I'll be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, and because this is a fan request, it kind of breaks some of the rules. Usually one of us has seen it, and the other one hasn't. Mm-hmm. This one, none of us have seen. Uh, or know anything about. I, I know only the bare minimum, which is that it stars Dennis Hopper. Yep. It was made in 1996. And based off the image I just saw, it also stars, you might know his name, the guy who plays the bad guy in Blade 1. Frost? Yep, uh, Stephen Dwarf. Is that it? Okay, yep. Stephen Dwarf, I think, is the main character. Um, and the one sentence I read that I bailed on quickly was, I can't remember his name, is a lone space trucker in, and then I canceled it. I think Dennis Hopper is the lone space trucker, so I think he's the main character. Ooh, I, I don't I know. I feel like this was probably requested because, uh, the fa- um, by the way, we have to give a shout out to him. Uh, his name is Jay, and I'm going to pronounce his last name wrong. I are, I forgot his name was Jay. I almost said John. So yep. you saved us already. It's Jay Beliveau, I believe. Beliveau. Like I molasses did, is running out of your mouth. Look, Bellevue. I didn't pronounce your name wrong. Uh, that is just the mainstream media blowing it out of proportion. Yeah. And really, isn't Hillary Clinton the real criminal here? Yeah. This is this this is just like that. Da- this is Benghazi all over again. Yeah. We're being Benghazi. The, the emails. Read the emails. <laughs> yeah. Just look at the emails. Okay. Oh gosh. Uh, what about those emails? You know. What about them? Ex- yeah. Exactly. Uh, so we're gonna watch this movie. Zero expectations. I mean, other than the it shows you the IMDb, and I looked up the Rotten Tomato score once, and I already forgot it, so it's irrelevant. Okay. Like I have. We'll, no... we'll play another game of guess the Rotten Tomato score after we see the movie. Exactly, because we haven't seen it. And I just have a question. So Dennis Hopper is well revered. Yeah. He's not like one of the greatest of all times or anything, but he's admired as one of the better actors. You know, mm-hmm. of, he's been in a lot of classic movies. Yeah, he, he's a very Apocalypse high, now. He's high um, caliber. They pay him. He gets paid to be on a movie. He doesn't just Nick Cage a movie anymore. He gets. He gets. Well, he's the dead bucks. now, but well, he did. Sorry, sorry, he did get the bucks. When did he pass away? Um, it was fairly recently, like five years ago. Is oh. what is recent to me, but still, it's recent enough. Yeah. It's, oh, sad. Well, he was. He was a commanding actor. He wasn't just some like schlub on these movies. The nineties hit. Uh, yeah, then he was kind of a schlub on these movies, you know, like uh, Waterworld, Waterworld, Super Mario Brothers. So the fun, I, there was an interview with him that Patrick always tells me about, where they asked him uh, like what his biggest regret as an actor is, or something like that, and he said Super Mario Bros. I don't even tell people I'm in that movie anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, like when you're talking about your actor, I was in this, this, that one just goes, nope, don't even bring it up. Like his kid told him that it was a bad choice to be in that movie. 
And I feel oh. like it was our Waterworld uh, podcast that probably prompted this request. It it's like, oh, you talked a lot about Dennis Hopper on that one. <laughs> you want to see some Dennis Hopper? Dennis Hopper was the best acting in that movie. And this is this is post-Waterworld Dennis Hopper. Yes, this so. is 96. Post-Mario Dennis Hopper. Yes. And it wasn't Mario like 92 or something? Yeah. Yeah, so, so the... <laughs> So this is on the tail end of bad movies he's in. I'm assuming. I don't know his entire... The 90s might have just been a real dark time for Dennis Hopper. The 90s were a really experimental time for movies in general. Mm. Like, the late 2000s to 2010s is where the indie movies really blew up. Like, Superbad was technically an indie movie that fucking went nuts and... Well, the 90s I usually mm. think of in movies is, like, Disney had their little renaissance period, which... With like Little Mermaid, Beauty Hercules and, the Beast, and that stuff. Uh, Aladdin, Lion King. Yeah. I think Hercules might have been early two thousands, but probably we, we can count it in there. Sure, I like Hercules. Oh, it's so good. Um, a goofy movie was right in the middle there, uh, which Super is an underrated. extremely good movie yeah. that nobody likes. Yeah, I, I love that meme that shows a uh, goofy's like you know he's a he's a uh, single parent who gets through college and raises his boy or something he's the disney character we should all be aspiring to be oh no that that movie is like 100 you you get dad feelings from that movie oh, yeah you watch it as a kid and you just think it's a really funny movie you watch it as an adult you get really serious yeah. dad feelings it's all about your love for your kid mm-hmm. it's like finding nemo but actually turned up mm. i love it anyways the 90s had the disney renaissance what were you saying that that's generally what I think of in the '90s is Disney's big animation comeback. Yeah, I even like, like Toy Story. That that was '90s as well, late '90s, '97, and then like Toy Story Two was 2001 or something, or '99 and two. It doesn't matter. So '90s I think of as a great decade for kids' movies, but that might have been because I was a kid in the '90s. All I so think those of, are the movies I was watching. All I think of is overpacked, shitty action movies. So you have Con Air, which is my personal favorite all time. Right. You have the Die Hard sequels that are just pretty bad. I think like three and four were in the nineties, or or two or two and three were in the nineties. And uh, you might have, have been late eighties, but it could have been early nineties. It was like yeah. around that transition. You yeah. have Arnold Schwarzenegger being an actual superhero and no longer just an action movie guy. I mean, you get him. Was like, the last action hero nineties? Yes, it was. <laughs> last action hero is a great movie. <laughs> Um, you get all those. That's what I think of. In there the was 80s. a lot of like that. That kind of bled over from the eighties, though. I feel like the, well, big, so, so the, the blockbuster action movies was very much an eighties thing, and there was still just a little bit of that bleeding over. But in the eighties was like the uh, character-driven action movies. The nineties were the action-driven action movies. Mm. You know, in the eighties, you you have stuff like I think the first Lethal Weapons in the late eighties or oh, something yeah, like yeah. that. You have uh, Mad Maxes. Those were technically seventies into eighties. You have stuff like Terminator and all these where it's it's very heavily implied that these people are, well, people. The 90s you have, they can get shot in the chest twice and just be like, punch them out. Like, all right, I'll punch you in the face and I win the fight. It's the difference between First Blood and Rambo 3. Exactly. Um, so that's what I picture in the 90s. And this, from what I can take, falls in the realm of Star Wars the prequels in the 90s. <laughs> Like well, really, Star shitty Wars sideways. prequels. I think like Phantom Menace was ninety nine or two thousand. Yeah, they so, were. I was that, that's out of the nineties. Oh, damn, but... that's close. I was very young when that first one came out, and I fell asleep in the theater while watching it as a kid who should have been excited. Um. So yeah, this is a this is what we know. Uh, this is Dennis yep. Hopper. I already forgot that guy's name. It's a good name though. Stephen Dorf. Dorf. That should be easy for me. Uh, there. It's literally about a trucker in space. In space. 
Space trucking. That's all. That's, that's all I've got. The murder she wrote. Done. Yep. That's. Uh, I I do know that it came out in 1996, so we have a year for it. Same yeah. year Jumanji came out. <laughs> so so that's the, the, the bar. landmark title Jumanji. Yeah. So that's the bar we'll compare this to for the rest of the podcast. It does it exceed Jumanji in any aspect? <laughs> I bet it takes place in outer space more than Jumanji, and that's about where this will end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, otherwise, go watch it. Enjoy the f out of it, and then talk about it. All right, we'll be back soon. A hundred cups of coffee, five hundred cigarettes, a thousand miles of highway, and I ain't forgot her yet, but I keep on moving. I keep moving down the line. Ain't nothing in my mirror, just a cloud of dust and smoke. What do you expect when some old trucker's heart gets broke? Yeah, trucker's hearts get broke. Them big wheels of rubber gonna rubber off of my mind. I'm a highway junkie, yeah, I need that old white line. All right, so we're back, and the way we justify this movie is, I, I, I'm not mad I spent money on it, Mm. but I'm not pleased that I bought that. I need you to understand that what we just opened were PBRs, and that is the most appropriate thing to drink with this movie. So, okay, so basically the synopsis we gave was the whole movie, minus the very unnecessary threat that happened in this movie. Uh, truckers in space. Yep, that's the movie. Dennis Hopper is the titular space <laughs> yeah. trucker. There's no, there's no uh, silver lining. There's no like sugarcoat and like, oh, it turns out it's a love story about this and that. It's like, nope, truckers in space. Mm-hmm. Did you get it? Moving on. <laughs> oh my goodness, that movie was exhausting. This movie is. Uh, it's not a good movie, but it's kind of an amazing movie. It's. I'm trying to think of what I would compare it to as far as bad but good. Because I was going to, the first thing that popped in my head was Fifth Element, but that's just a good movie all around. Fifth Element is, it's just, is actually, this is basically what, what Waterworld is to Fury Road, this is to Fifth Element. Yes. Though, unlike Waterworld, this movie is brisk. Yes. It is a it quick is, 90 yeah. minutes, in and out, you get exactly what you came for. Story moves along fast. Um, it, it is, okay, so... It, it was made, we've, we stated it was made in 96, but the effects are very early 80s. It looks like it walked right out of the 70s. So. Yeah, like there's set pieces they stole directly from Star Wars A New Hope. In fact, the, opening, the opening of the movie is basically the opening of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So so you get to see uh, this guy who you only know as Jay Sags. Yep. And... Uh, his uh, evil scientist, whose name I can't remember right now. Uh, Started uh, Nebel. Nebel, and there. And it's worth note: Jay Sags isn't really anyone, but Nebel is very obviously Tywin Lannister, aka Charles Dance, aka Victor from Underworld. Yes, <laughs> uh, he he is. So so you get the impression that they're you know high up military people. They're in this like closed down laboratory. And all of these foot soldiers are marching in and locking the door behind them. You know the scene at the beginning of Star Wars where Darth Vader's attacking the uh, the Tantative Four. I know what it's called. Yeah, well, I didn't. Uh, yeah. 
It's called the Tentative Four. Okay, well, it's a it's a Corvette, and all the is it really? Yeah, and that's what the ship class is called. And then all of the foot soldiers are running to place and turning around to aim their guns. Yeah, they're getting ready at the door, which something yeah. is about to breach through. Yeah, exactly the same, mm-hmm. and the whole time you're getting the impression that. They're testing something. Like, it's ominous, but the guy keeps going, this thing was detected in a second or whatever, and they're ready to shoot it down now. What's this all about? He, the SAGS is. He's complaining. Yep. And, and and they've got, like, pilots scrambling to take it down, but it kill, it's killing all the pilots outside yeah. the door. Now, they, they both see it. They're all ready to shoot rockets, and Neville just goes, just wait a minute. <laughs> or his exact words are like, hold on. <laughs> and, and pilot one goes down. They're screaming about communication. Pilot two goes down. They're screaming about the fact that it's about to breach the door. And then this is where the beginning of the shitty effects come in. You see what this thing is, and it turns out it well, is a death robot. Well, it, like, melts the door into it, styrofoam. No, that's its power. Its yeah. power is to turn things into melted styrofoam. Yeah, it, it, oh, it's got a... Uh, that is the dis- main effect that it does. It has a disintegrator, which, depending on the instance, can disintegrate entire bodies or work as a laser sword. Not really any in between. It cuts limbs or body parts off. Or it disintegrates the entire person. No in between. No, no laser blasters. Nothing. And uh, so it breaks in, murders everyone, and it it kind of portrays them as like ninjas in that scene because if you remember, like they're looking at it, and then all of a sudden it's behind them, lasering them. It's like swooping behind them. Well, like the, these robots do seem pretty mobile when we see. Well, sort so, of. So they're so, they're supposed to be mobile, but yeah, the way they actually move. So is... they're not just robots. They're genetically. Uh, enhanced like bio bio soldiers they, yeah. yeah they call them genetically enhanced biomechanical soldiers yeah so they're actually so they're like cyborgs there's some form of organic material mixed with robotics mm-hmm. and murders everyone and then right when it's about to murder sags you just see uh nebel just click a button Boop. Yep, and he shuts it down, and this is where they finally explain what's going on here. Yeah, this was basically Nebel invent built these robots, and this is basically a tech demo for his boss Sags. Yes, and it was as they're explaining it, the most expensive uh, uh, military weapon in in all time because what he did was he had parts of them built on different planets at different sectors, and then he's the only one who has knows how to put them all together and he's uh, like oh with a hundred of these we could take over the earth how many do you have uh, five thousand and he does that remember when he looks up at him and he gives him the like knowing smile and the yeah. devil looks down at him and just goes <laughs> just like like a like the opening of friends or not friends of a uh, full house when they just do that <laughs> oh looking down oh buddy and it shows their name tag actually this is a good time to describe the directing style uh, the oh. director really, really likes close-ups of faces. Yeah, just a, like he wants to see your reaction, regardless of how shitty that reaction may or may not be. <laughs> uh, I want to. I so the notes I took down uh, while we were watching this, I, I took them down, you know, in order, so I could follow. I know them. there's some lines he wrote down. So and and so far we're not to, not until we meet uh, Hopper. <laughs> Hopper. Yep. Uh, do we know? Do do my notes start? So. That's just the opening sequence. It is literally the beginning of Star Wars, minus the fact that they shut down, like, they are the Darth Vader the whole time. But yeah, so Sags is like, okay, we're going to use these robots to take over Earth. Uh-huh. And he's like, but I can't let anyone know that well, I'm plotting to so take he, he over So he tells Earth. him the device he has. One button shuts him down. You click the bottom button and say your command, and they follow any order you give them. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, we, we have to... Um, we have to... Contain deniability or something like that. Yeah, we need to maintain plausible deniability. Yeah. That includes you, clicks. Robot, kill Neville. And he goes, 
Oh no! Like, Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was going to be a, a, a flip. Well, yeah, because you're like, oh, hey, it's Charles Dance. Oh, yeah, there's there's no way they're going to murder train him right now. And uh, I thought it was going to be like the minute he says that the robot turns on Sags. I thought Sags was the disposable character. Oh yeah, and Charles Dance was going to be the main villain yeah. holding all the cards. But instead, they let it play through and. Boom, murder trained. Yep. Um, which, you know, pulls out and then pulls back in, and all of a sudden you're in the cockpit with uh, Dennis Hopper. Well, no, first, a- first you, you, there's a bit of a trucker montage <laughs> where there's, I, like, country trucker I was going to say, there's, like, the 1970s. And there's, like, a close-up of a six-pack of beer yeah, that's just got, floating in space. <laughs> oh, no, it's a single can. With a single the, can with, with the, the six-pack rings yeah. around it, yeah. And it's like, got the dust on my windshield as I'm riding through space. And yeah, like, that's pretty much what the song is. <laughs> like, are you serious? Is I this feel really like, what's happening? I feel like it might be worth... Uh, finding that song and putting it as the transition music between our I'm opening. almost certain I can find it on YouTube. Like, <laughs> got my baby by my side. Something like falling on the road. Something like 500 cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, 500 cigarettes and a six pack at my side or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and this uh, is our introduction to Dennis Hopper's character, whose name is John Canyon. Of course. <laughs> and he is a an old hard scrabble trucker who plays by his own rules. Yeah, and I didn't A space trucker, of course. Oh yes, and it, it is very heavily leaning on the space trucker aesthetic. This pulls you out of the sci-fi's war sort of stuff and pulls you right into like you're gonna watch an old western just a guy trucking down the road like it's Smokey and the bandit but in space yes and he's like pulling up to a to a stop there's all these i didn't take note of any of the ads but i kind of wish i had there's all these billboards obviously in a 360 because you're in space you can drive through them not beside them yep and uh he makes a call on the cb and the guy on the other end is norm from cheers Who's very grumpy, not very norm-like at all, but very grumpy, and he's like, you know, yell, reaming him out. You're late. Shipment was supposed to be here two days ago. Yeah, he's a guy working for this company called Interpork, <laughs> and John Canyon is delivering a load of square pigs to Interpork, and oh my god, he even goes back into the load, and they open a door, and it's these. It's like Roblox or Minecraft styled perfectly square pigs in square boxes with the most like distorted pig faces. Oh, oh, we forgot to mention the opening scene is him squirting mustard into the air and bringing the hot dog up to it. But like it magically covers the hot dog. It's not just the line. It like magically like becomes real. These effects look terrible, but they're like the best kind of terrible looking effects. And it also feels like, um, you you know the joke about, or not the joke, the very real thing, but about in the room how Tommy Wiseau wanted the green screen rooftop when they could have literally just gone out onto the onto building the rooftop, yeah. and he's like no no it's hollywood movie that's what this director makes me feel like like you know we don't need to show this but he was so obsessed with showing uh no gravity and effects instead of practical that it it, it comes off so so goofy because even oh, the mustard th- thing you could have done practical this is what this is what's hard this movie is so goofy that it's hard to tell what if the movie actually wants you to laugh or if it yeah yeah exactly how serious are, are you, you laughing it? at it or laughing with it it's not entirely clear Which the whole way it through. is actually so the one thing it showed on so we bought it on Amazon on yep. my television we didn't mm-hmm. you know it's all through the smart TV it actually says it is a sci-fi comedy. So I think the movie is aware of its, I think. I'm I feel not like sure. it has to be. There's, like, some of the dialogue, which I put a bunch of choice quotes oh. down. Some of the All dialogue right. is definitely bizarre. Let's put it right here. 
This movie is bad, but it's also kind of amazing. Yes, it is wonderful. So, yes. so this was a good suggestion. Thank yeah, you for that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go that far yet, but we'll, we'll get there. So he pulls in, docks. The guy's yelling at him, and he says, dock up and unload. We'll get you your paycheck. He gets out, and he does the very classic sci-fi sort of trope with deliveries. Okay, so you just unload, and I'll go give you your money in six hours. No, no, no. You, you get, I get my pay first. And this is the first... The the worst, not the first, the worst use of practical effects, in my opinion. So oh, far. this looks bad. So they obviously are bullies. The people at the at the who the are receiving guys. it. The Norm, Norm's guys. got some goons. Yeah, and the one goes to punch him. He easily dodges, and he goes, "That's not how you throw a punch in zero gravity." Like, because in every fight, you have time to just do a quick retort. Of uh, course, that's not how you punch in zero gravity. This is, and he gives him a good like sucker punch. The guy goes flying and hits the wall, and they chose. To do the worst CGI tooth and blood come out of his mouth. 1996 era CGI. It, it knocks out his front two teeth, but only shows one tooth come out in floating space. And this very red, purpley, like, goop fly out of his mouth that's supposed to It looks to be like blood. you just punched someone in Mortal Kombat on the PlayStation 1. Yes, it's that. Oh, my God. But it was funny because the guy, like, reaches up to feel his teeth. And, like, looks at it, and you can tell he's, like, not looking at anything, but they want him to be. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, so, he, he he talks the goons down by punching the shit out of one of them. Mm-hmm. And the other one goes to shoot him, and this is where you get the wonderful foreshadowing. Hey, don't shoot that pistol in here. You'll decompress it and kill us all. These aren't laser pistols, either, in the, this movie. These are just regular guns. very fire. Oh, do you think Joss Whedon got inspiration from this? Because these are real guns in space. Oh, this is pre-Firefly, so... <laughs> like six years this, or five years. This movie does have a similar aesthetic to Firefly, but Firefly definitely takes itself more the seriously. The space suits... The pistols in outer yeah, space. Yeah. Even the, the, the bad guys that we meet later, the space pirates are very uh what do you what were they called? Reavers? No, the the space pirates don't resemble the Reavers. Yeah, but at I've all. only ever seen one Reaver and it wasn't even a real Reaver. So you didn't see Serenity? This. Not yet. Oh. I know, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um anyways, and he talks him down and he goes uh convinces him to get off his sh- well, convinces him. They get off his ship and he goes inside to like a saloon, a space uh, parlor. It's, it's a space truck stop. Yeah, that is exactly it, what it is. It's like a it, the inside is like a 1950s diner, but yep. with a little bit more metal, so you think it's in a, like futuristic outer space. And when when people dress futuristic in this movie, we're talking like tinfoil costumes. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's like really just, that. Just leather, like studded to pieces of sheet metal. Like, look, this is all you'd have in space. And these are like. 1950 or no, no 1970s eras truckers but with some tinfoil on their costumes yeah, yeah it's it's the the they did go extensive with their set design which i really appreciate like a lot of these movies when they go this corny will leave stuff that it would go like forgotten like a guy in a hoodie they'd be like mm-hmm. oh, okay well just every now and again but they went full bore in this movie i have to imagine the budget was relatively large um and you get john uh canyon flirting with i don't know her name Her name is Cindy. Cindy the waitress. The character's name is Cindy. The actress is... I did have it pulled up. I should have, like, the IMDb pulled up so we're just, like, aware. She's been in things, but she's not, like, a huge name. Yeah, I I recognize her face from a lot, but not... Her name is Debbie Mazar, or Mazar. Debbie Mazar, yes. Mazar. Oh, I I said the two ones that were both wrong, and then you let... Yeah, so... 
Debbie Mazur, and you meet Stephen Dorff. Yep, his character's name is Mike, I think. Yep, Mike Pucci. They actually gave him a last name. Yep, he's the young hotshot space trucker. He just got out of Space Trucking Academy, and he's (laughs) ready to space truck. He's ready to prove himself, and even... So, during this, they're having their discussion, and he's joking with her. Um, Mike, or John Canyon's joking with her. How many times have I proposed to you? And she's like, oh, what did she say? Or he say, like, five or six times? She says, yeah, except for all those other times when you were too loaded to remember. So they clear. He clearly comes here all the time. Oh yeah, like John Canyon is an old hard scrabble space trucker. Everyone knows him. Everyone respects him, and he don't take no guff from no one. Uh, he's actually one of the only. They point that out. He's one of the only independent truckers. He owns his truck. Everyone else works for the trucking company. Right. So that's a big deal. That's why he could be so such a dick to Interpork. Yeah, because and Interpork, like one hundred percent, they fired him now because he's yeah, so he's pissed them off. But he, was, he has his pride as a space trucker, as, as an independent space yeah. trucker. He was supposed to be paid six thousand. They offered him fifteen hundred as like a you were late like fueling expenses. And yeah, stuff. you were late and you're a jerk. And he says, "No, get off my boat." So. Um, while this is happening, he's flirting, and the other guy's proving himself. The goons sneak onto the ship, disconnect the load of uh, pigs, and they refuel his truck to be nice. They say that later. They refuel yep. his truck. So uh, the Norm, I'm not even. I, it doesn't yeah. say the character's name, so we're just going to go by Norm. It does. I think it's Keller or something yeah. like that. Well, no, Norm I meant, is fine. I meant on Google. It's, if I go into IMDb, I, IMDb, I'll find it, but just Google right. doesn't say it. So um, Norm is in there, and he's like, hey, kid. You want a job? He's like, what? He brings he brings Mike and he brings Stephen Dorff. In. Yeah, sorry, the the young buck. And yep. he's like, well, you know what? You know, I'm not the best driver in the galaxy for nothing. Like he's got, you know, he's got. He's young and full of. He, he's young and cocksure. Yeah, <laughs> cocksure. He's just really full of himself. Um, and then he tells him the job. You're moving pigs from this to this, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's John Canyon's. You know, I can't. And he's like, well, he was fired. He, we just fired him and. There's 1,500 people who would like this job. Do you want it or not? Oh, yeah, I barely know the guy. Sure, I'll take it. <laughs> Just like, because he's, this is his first he's job. He's got something to prove. Yeah, it's his very first job, and doing a big job like this, taking it from John, would probably do him well. So at this point, the movie's pretty serious. It's, and not a lot of quips, not a lot of silly stuff. It's just like, hey, truckers at a truck stop. Then it gets bizarre. Okay, yes. So, uh, <laughs> this is my one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. I have a handful of them. This starts it off. They come out, Norm and his goons, and they are telling Mike, time to go, all right? Well, yeah. Mike does tell John that he took the job from yeah. Interport. Which offends him. John's Mike. not happy Yeah, about. it offends him. He's like, oh, you took a, mor- what did he say, a moralist agreement or something like that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, he basically just accuses him of selling himself out on yeah. the first job. But this is a good, this is, you know what, we'll give the story credit where it's due. This is a good, they said, he says... Listen, John, all I've done is given you respect. That's what I want you to show me. And John doesn't push after that. So they do set up a little bit of, like, they're clearly good with each other. It's no hard feelings, yada, yada, bullshit. So there's still a bit of tension between them yeah. because... So I will give the... So we'll, we'll joke about the funny parts because it is a comedy, but it does have a story somewhat for so far. Let's say that. It does have a story <laughs> so far. Uh-huh. And um, so Norm and his goons come out, and they start basically bullying john and saying we fu- we fueled your truck john's pissed you took my pigs you took me you took my job you fired me and the and so they hey we fueled your truck why don't you just get out of here oh yeah and then the goon whose teeth he punched out steps to him except now they're not in zero gravity they scuffle uh-huh. so they're scuffling the two goons lock john's arms up 
and and Norm gives him gives I think he like uppercuts him or something gives him a good punch mm-hmm. and this is when all hell breaks because down. the the one goon who tried to shoot him earlier mm-hmm. tries it again no not yet so this is important uh, all right uh, they do Mike, start a huge brawl yeah they start beating him up and then uh, right before this this is a very important set piece other truckers uh, there's like a group obviously of like five people and uh-huh. John's sitting there and they're explaining how their buddy I think it was Tim. I'm almost certain it was Tim. How their buddy Tim died while while on a on a trip. Yeah, he got picked up by uh, jackers. The yeah, movie calls yeah, they keep they're space pirates, but the term that they insist on is jackers. That's important to remember for later. I wrote down the quote. Okay, uh, so, so um, they're talking about how he was picked up by them and they killed him and sent his dick back. Mm. That's all they sent, and then they 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 pointed this out too. They're using tennis ball containers as coffins. Cremating would be a lot more. Or would be a lot more dignified of a death, which leads me to believe they were insinuating that they just crammed his body into a tennis ball container. Maybe they burnt him, put his dick in the tennis ball <laughs> yeah. container. Actually, that could have been it too. Yeah. And uh, so, anyways, that's really important. But while they're brawling, you hear one of them say, "Come on, man!" And Norm goes, "Oh, someone say something!" And they back down. No, no, no. We're not trying to start anything. So they're beating the shit out of John. And this is when all hell breaks loose because Mike actually yells. Some nonsense, and then tackles the other goon, the gun goon, uh-huh. tackles him off, and they get into a scuffle. While John's scuffling with the one whose teeth he knocked out, Norm's fighting with other the other truckers who just lost their friend Tim. Well, they have his penis, but they lost the rest of him. Yeah, they're they, res- they respect John, so they like join in on the brawl on his side. So, so. it becomes a real like saloon brawl. Everyone yep. punching everyone, and then that jerk wad with the pistol decides once and for all, I'm going to shoot this guy. What does he do? He misses, shoots, and he shoots a window. And guess what happens? And it starts sucking everything out into space. Decompression, because that's obviously how it works. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> they're all struggling. It doesn't do a good job of showing how strong the pull is versus how strong it's not. Like, some people are literally just, like, walking, holding onto the wall. Other people are flying through the air, getting pulled to it. Uh-huh. It's kind of corny effects. And I yelled out, Norm gets, is, is oh, like, you see the look on his face, the, oh, no, oh, it's pulling me in. And he gets pulled right into it, and I go, oh, it's going to suck out his butt. And, and then it sucks out his butt. It sucks out his butt. And he's getting, <laughs> like, it's butt first, and then all of a sudden, you know, like, it pulls a stomach in, so it's just legs and arms and tor- top torso. Then all of a sudden, it's just arms, head, and, like, knees down. And then all of a sudden, whoop, he gets sucked out. And uh, in that interim, they get closer to the door. And this was the most bizarre, like, this is the part that makes zero sense to me. So, okay. They very, they go through this real fast. Yeah, they really brush over this. Like, it's a, it's a maybe a five-minute scene. Norm gets butt-sucked out the window. <laughs> they get, you know, through a door, and that door closes, which allows the pressurization again. And it's bathrooms. They're in the restroom. Right. So they open a door, and there's this gross old lady in there going, Get out of here! Can't you see this is occupied? What are you doing? And he just walks over puts his hand in her mouth, and tilts her head all the way backwards to expose a keypad. Because it's a robot. Obviously a robot. Obviously. He types a keypad onto it, and the floor lowers. It's an elevator, I'm yep. assuming the head comes back because you hear above them the door open, get out of here, can't you see? The whole same exact spiel. They go downstairs and they meet this like mysterious black market space trucker yeah he's like a fixer yeah which I'm, he gives you like uh not so above the board jobs and they call his him, name is mr zesty they call him mr zesty i'm almost certain it's a woman playing him almost positive like mm-hmm. a 60 to 70 year old woman but that's neither here nor there jake actually said the same thing mm-hmm. 
So Mr. Zesty's like, what do you want? Oh, we're looking to get off here. We had an issue, yada, yada. Like, the, at this point, the police are looking for John because he kind of started the brawl. And so he's someone like, did just get super murdered. We need to get out of here. We'll take any job that gets us out of here, basically. Yeah. You know, very traditional, like, uh, 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 transporter yeah. without a moral sort of a situation. Yeah. And the, the waitress and uh, and Mike are with him, too. Yes. He, he, he helped them escape as well. So, so right before the whole scuffle, we forgot to mention that as well. Right before the whole scuffle, waitress Sally and Cindy, Cindy and John, she's explaining to him, mom's, uh, she's sick at, in, on Earth and she wants to go visit her. I can't get there. It's too expensive. And John says, if I can get you to Earth, you'll marry me. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, John. Huge age discrepancy, like a 20-year-old and a 50 to 60-year-old. Like, <laughs> massive age discrepancy. A, a near the end of his career, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a beginning of her career. I can't remember her name already. Um, so that was bizarre. But anyways, so Mike's with him because Mike just defended John. Cindy's with him because she's trying to get back to Earth and marry him. So they make this, this could have been a nice like setup of like an underground trucker world, a black market setup that you probably could have used as a plot device in the movie a lot more, but they just, they're just like done. Right. Oh, it's glossed over. Yeah. Sketchy bathroom elevator. One guy down there in a room by themselves with a TV behind them. Deal. And the job he gives him is to transport a cargo of sex robots yeah, se- to Earth. Sex dolls. Yes. Um, is all they say. Uh, it's called like... And synth- also don't ask questions. Yes. Yeah, synthetic robot or synthetic rubber pleasure devices or something like that. Yes. And yeah, don't ask any questions. Just get it to orbit. That's a big deal too. Get it into orbit on Earth. Don't, don't drop it off. Don't dock it. Just drop it in orbit of Earth. Shallow orbit, they call it. Uh-huh. So that's a big deal. So they're like, all right, fine. <clears throat> then the movie take. This is where stuff starts getting corny. I mean, if it's if it hasn't already been corny enough, they get in there and they immediately take off and they're pulled over by cops, like instantly. Well, they do. You do see the cargo containers, and everyone like remarks that they look like creepy. They, ser- they are serious business containers for these sex robots. Which I thought the movie could maybe distinguish that a little bit better because they just look like black containers to the view. Yeah, you don't really understand that in in universe. I'm sure they are crazy. But to us, we're just like, okay, more shipping containers. They're just, they're the exact same design as the pig containers, just not red and white and gray. They're just all black. But yeah, like Mike and Cindy are like, this, this looks weird. And John's just like, don't ask questions. Yep. Just get the load. We got to get out of here. So they drive off and this is the best part. Here's here's the cops. This is where stuff starts getting good. Cops threaten them, right? Yep. Cops like, pull over. We're not playing games with you. And Mike's like, seriously, man, pull over. This is a big deal. And John goes... Not while I still have an option left. And he just turns right. That's literally yep. it. It just shows the truck turn and right. Everyone's like, whoa, this guy's good. <laughs> it knocks, it hits like a pillar, like, because they have runways. Yeah, they, have like a, they have like a space lane. Yeah, and it hits one of those, which goes, <laughs> they go flying through space, hitting everything. And the one cop that's in conversation trying to get them pull over just goes, oh, no. And he leans back all, the whole tilt, like, very traditional. It's like, it's like. Uh, the scene in Austin Powers where the guy is about to get run over by the steamroller. <laughs> no! It's like that, but played dead serious. Yeah, and they, it shows the CGI, and it's not like a quick call. It's like the two cops have time to go above and below it, and he just kind of continues straight into it. Explosion, death. And uh, they get a direct order. Hey, don't follow. And they're like, okay. Uh, or the one black, the black cop goes, I love taking orders. <laughs> they, just, <laughs> they, turn they just turn around and stop. And Mike proclaims, 
that was some of the best driving I've ever seen. I'm, we're not exaggerating. <laughs> All it shows you is the truck turn right. Not yes. even drift, not even sharp down over right. Just right. I mean, it's a hard right turn. Like, he cranked the wheel. His <laughs> yeah, but... cargo container scuffed the thing, but... That's no, it. it's just a right turn. And this is the the first moment of my the first uh, quote I put down. And uh, Dennis Hopper, aka John Canyon, just goes, "Put the pedal to the metal and play footsie with fate, son." <laughs> That's his like response to beautiful. Yeah, I did it. Put the metal pedal to the metal and play footsie with fate, son. And he's just like, "Oh, oh yeah, you're right, John. You boy, you got me." And they're like laughing and having a good old time. <laughs> Um, and this is a good time. They start talking to the computer. The, the computer's AI. name is Bitchin' Betty. Bitchin' Betty, and she has the most Southern Rock Alabama accent for a computer that's ever existed. Like, this is where it's leaning heavy into the trucker aesthetic. There's no reason. Alabaman accent. Alabamian? Alabamanian? Alabanonian? What's, what uh, would you... Alabama? Al- Alaba- Alabamian? Alabaman? Alabaman. <laughs> this is the mo- Alabaman accents well, wouldn't like, exist in this time period. I have to assume this is like a straight up y'all come back now. You hear this is exactly this is like when city people latch on to Florida Georgia line and decide to be country for a while. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Like it's out of place, but it's her. It's bitch and Betty. I mean, it fits with Dennis Hopper. Yeah, but even but, that you know, is questionable. With like, why are they? Why doing- is Dennis Hopper here? Yeah, not. <laughs> Well, I yes. mean, that is a question I've asked myself more than once on this podcast. Yeah, that's a good point. We should really do, like, maybe a couple other, de- like, big actors in these kind of roles. Like, did you know, uh, uh, played in Godfather, Taxi Driver, uh... Marlon Brando? No, 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 um... Oh, you, uh... Why can't I think of his name? Oh. Like, most famous Italian actor of all time. Uh... Robert De Niro. Yeah. He was Frankenstein in a version of Frankenstein, and it's supposed to be the worst version of Frankenstein all time. Mm. We should do stuff like that sometimes. Like good actor, bad movie? Yeah, but not good actor, bad movie. Good actor, atrocious movie. (laughs) Like that Frankenstein. Like uh, Super Mario Bros. with Dennis Hopper. Like that kind of Mm. stuff. Anyways, so they (laughs) they have this sweet Alabama computer who's like, it's traditional sci-fi AI, diagnoses the ship, has a personality, though, to play with you, that sort of stuff. And they're all of a sudden, they're talking about how they can't make this trip in two days. It's not long enough. Right. And he just says, well, not if you stick to the main roads, which sets the precedence, obviously. I don't know how you can get in outer space. I don't know how it can be anything less than a straight line to where you're going. So that's my <laughs> first problem with this. Like, in outer space, that's kind of the whole point. There's nothing. You just go. I mean, a better sci-fi would actually take time to establish this because there, 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 there doesn't seem to be any light speed. No, but we no. know the robot attack took place on the moon of Triton, I believe, which is a moon of Neptune, I think. Whoa, okay. Uh, so without light speed, that seems like an awful long way to, tra- <laughs> to travel. But well, they um, they do it. Yeah, you don't know where the Interpork station is, but yeah, they, uh, no, you Earth. do. Interpork station is on Mars. Oh yeah, you're right. Yep. It's because they mentioned Mars City. Yep, yep. Um, Mars to Earth is still a long way to travel without yeah, light speed. That's months long at our current. Which obviously this is future. I'm sure they have some sort of faster travel. But, but. like, yeah, it's so like so other, a better sci-fi would establish something like, oh, there's, there's warp gates that you can take, but yeah. they have spe- like Star Wars has hyperspace routes. Yeah, that like specifically you you take them to get through hyperspace fast enough, and you don't like 
end up merging with a planet on yeah. the way through there. But this is just like we travel fast because they can go from Mars to to Earth in two days if they take the shortcut. Yeah. So, okay. So like some space bureaucracy, I guess, is set down a road that's kind of indirect. Yes. Yeah, so Actually, I guess I guess you can kind of make sense of it because the route they do take ends up going through like an asteroid field or a black rock field as yeah, yeah, uh, yeah we'll get there <laughs> but so maybe the, maybe the road's supposed to go around that but because he's a bold space trucker he goes straight through but also in outer space the, the path between two things is never identical like those those that that's yeah, also a moving the distance between asteroids and the asteroid belts is um pretty big Bigger than the size of Earth? Yeah, pretty big. So <laughs> it's not actually hard to avoid them, but hey. <laughs> well, we'll give it to it. So they're traveling, and all of a sudden you start seeing rubble and debris and all this stuff. And Dennis Hopper is just kind of like, yeah, you'll see what this is about. And he's looking. And all of a sudden, this really bad, glossy black, like char, Like, you know when coal is polished? It does look like charcoal. It looks like polished coal, pol- polished charcoal. And he just goes... Black Rock! And he pulls the steering wheel, which obviously tips the whole ship upward, and they try to avoid it, which, oh god, they do, because all you have to do is one directional change, yep. and you avoid any issues. And then when they go up, oh, they go straight up, and they're kind of like teetering out, and everything's happy. All of a sudden, Black Rock! Like, this isn't me making fun of the movie. The characters in the film exclaim, Black Rock! Not, there is a Black Rocker. Oh no, Black Rock. Just the two words, Black, Black Rock. Rock. <laughs> yeah, and and a Black Rock that's roughly the size of my head. Yes, hits and, the boat, hits the the space truck, and like takes it completely out of commission. This is another uh, poor decision on the storytelling. Lights go out in the ship, right? And all Dennis Hopper goes is, "Don't worry, I gotta try to get the lights back." And he just kind of puts his hand in a box, and, and everything comes back. back. Everything comes back on. But the space truck is damaged. Yes, and it's damaged to the point where it can't move, and the engine has overheated. Mm-hmm. And it takes six hours, or five hours, sorry, five hours to cool down. But for some reason, which we're assuming is they were kind of too close to the sun, they're going to... They're actually very near Earth right now. Yeah. For some reason, they're freaking out because they're going to overheat and die in two hours. Uh-huh. Which... They don't explain, or at least I can't remember. Well, maybe they're, like, orbiting Earth, and they're getting closer to the sun as they orbit around. Even then, though, like, when traveling to the moon and stuff like that, if I remember correctly from science class, it didn't affect the temperature at all. You shouldn't, they shouldn't be that close to the sun if they're in orbit of Earth. That, and most of what traps the heat is the atmosphere. So if they're just sitting relatively outside of Earth, they're not going to get cooked like that. Like, I don't understand... It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Basically, they just want uh, what is it, Debbie Mazar? Yeah, to take off her clothes. Yeah, take they want an excuse off. for that. Yeah. Excuse for that. <laughs> Joe's Crab Shack paid for the advertising on this. Have you seen that ad where they say "Take your top off"? No. Oh, so Joe's Crab Shack has these crab pots, these big like boils with the okay, shrimp, okay. I crab, uh, uh, potatoes, corn. Yeah, and the whole thing it comes to the thing, and the guy just goes to the girl, "Take your top off," and she's like, "Well, I never." And he goes, "Come on, take your top off," and he pulls the top of the pot off. Mm-hmm. So that's yep. that's all they wanted of of Debbie Mazar, as I say that right. Yep. It they so Joe or John, sorry, is like, don't worry, guys, I can manually fix this by getting out on the ship. I'll take care of it. You stay here. You two kids behave. Yeah, yeah. Sure enough, they're in there, and the cabin's getting so hot. They all get undressed, and they do like a really corny like Mike is taking his top off, and all of a sudden, because zero gravity, 
they turn gravity on and off at will. They don't talk. So in the very beginning, they establish that the way he walks with zero gravity is a magnetic floor. With, with magnetic boots. boots yeah. Yes. After that, though, sometimes they're walking normally without the necessary clothes on. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're floating. Well, I'm guessing when their ship got t- like the ship probably has some sort of life support slash artificial gravity or whatever. Yeah. And that, that's offline now. But that's an assumption. I actually wouldn't assume that because they make it clear that it's the magnetic boots. They they make that like, hey, magnetic floor, activate. This is a movie where space does space things when it's convenient <laughs> for the space things to be happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he goes out. They're getting hot. They take their clothes off. And obviously, oh, boy, they're sweating. And they're, why, oh, yep. they're getting close to each other because they're floating around. And yep. this is the- uh, Steven Dorff's looking like a a young and half baked Chris Pratt right now. <laughs> yeah, and, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> a scrawnier Chris Pratt. Like they just took him out of the Easy Bake Oven, and he hasn't gotten ripped yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like muscles, but not defined or bulgy. And uh, Debbie Mazar is wearing a weird green bra and granny panties. They are the most like they don't show any butt cheek, but they're very tight fitting, and they go up like to her ribs. Yeah, it's like it's not flat. It's like there's no space between the bra <laughs> and the granny panties. Yeah, it's really... And she, this is what she's going to be wearing for like the entirety of the movie from here on out. So yeah, they exactly. don't really let her put clothes on after this. Oh point. my god, you're right. I forgot that that's really how it goes for a while. Mm. So they're doing that. <laughs> they're doing that, and he's out fixing it. And they have like a hot makeout sesh with which I had to point out is very very bad beginning acting kissing. I don't know if you noticed that. I I criticize is, kissing in movies when it looks awkward. I'm like, that's not natural. Well, this is like porn kissing. Yeah. Like, we're getting ready to start up the softcore It's just porn. like... The saxophone is playing. It is. <laughs> there is a sexy saxophone sort of like mini play in the background. Like... Like... Put Kenny G on the ship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or maybe and maybe Bitch and Betty just started playing so some Kenny G. <laughs> it's, it's worth noting. Do you know the song I was just uh, kind of doing my little thing there too? <laughs> it was. It is Kenny G, but it's specifically from <laughs> Master in Disguise oh, when he's become another person. Become and then he <laughs> uses the alto slack slash clarinet the to Where, charm the snake. That's the song that he's Where doing. Where he turns into Kenny G, yeah. Yeah, but um, an Indian Kenny G. And he's... This is the second time that movie's come up today. It's a good movie, man. Maybe we should watch it after. Anyways, so they're making out, and she's like, no, he's my fiance now. She's fully committed to marrying him. I thought she it was going to be a dupe. Yeah, I'll marry you, get to Earth, ditch him. No, they're like, this is real. It's referenced many, many times continually. They're getting married when they hit Earth. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> the the Mike is offended by this. Are you kidding me? You made a deal to marry this guy. He's a dirtbag. You're a dirtbag. We should just do it. They don't. Let's make out more, though. Yeah. They, <laughs> he tries, and then she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She smooches him like three times. She's like, no, no. I, I'm done. Which, conveniently enough, John walks in. Well, we should explain what happens to John oh, when he's out there, because this important. is important. Okay, good point. Good point. So the Black Rock... Mm-hmm. Uh, damaged one of the shipping containers, which seems to have a defense system on it, and it pulls out this little laser beam that gets really angry that John is out there looking at it and starts shooting at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like this. It's like a a very traditional like AI single lens and laser barrel, mm-hmm. and it's just like looking around like boop, 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 boop. yep, that's a bad guy, and it just shoots his. It doesn't shoot him, but his saw. Thing he's trying to use to work on the on the ship 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, okay. I can't, I can't. Well, he even says this isn't, this isn't okay. This can't be done now or something like that. And uh, so he goes back inside to basically, you know, Tell ignore, ig- yeah, ignore it and just be like, well, we died. <laughs> so he goes inside and he, obviously the two people are undressed and he just gets into it with Mike. Mike's yelling at him. You, you made her agree to this. That's not right. That's bad. You're, you're a bad person. He's like, oh, you're getting hot in here, huh? Bet you, uh, bet it was your idea to get undressed, he says to him. And he's like, yeah, it was my idea. <laughs> Very, like, traditional, oh, you looking at my woman, southern <laughs> trucker fight. Yep. It was a very southern trucker fight. And then he's like, yeah, well, uh, Dennis Hopper's like, yeah, well, you're going to take off your pants. I'm going to take off my pants right here. <laughs> yeah. And then he does. Yeah. And then, uh, so they calm down and they're talking about, well, what if we, this part I thought was kind of funny. It's like, well, what if we uh, redirect the airflow to those to in here? To from cool the refrigerator. It, from the refrigerator in here to cool us down. And he's like, he's talking about, well, unfortunately the ship can't do it because I didn't pay for no fancy add-ons. Yeah, refrigerator's an option. I don't pay for options. Yeah, yeah. He's like, but I do have this. And he gets up. <laughs> this is my favorite. This is, like, <laughs> okay. this, is a, this is a great quote. He gets up into like the secret compartment, pulls out a like literal gas station styrofoam cooler. You all know it. It's got like the yep. wave on the top and bottom where the lid closes. Mm. And he opens it up, and there's just a, a ton of cans of beer. And he says. Called Zucks. Yeah, and he's like, all right, guys, suck a Zuck. <laughs> <laughs> his exact words were suck a zuck and then they all reach in they're like oh thank god oh yes and this is when i look down at the paps blue ribbon in my hand and i'm like this is very appropriate we're for this basically movie. sucking a zuck that is what right this now, movie dude. is right the, now i'm calling this episode suck a zuck unless one of these quotes i think it coming sucks up. z-u-x uh yeah it might have been yeah. I'll, I'll double check i think it was suck a zucks <laughs> yeah it was i have some other choice quotes but anyways there's one i know that's coming up it's at this point where they're sucking zucks where this secret ship hidden in the black rock lights up opens its big like looks like a bass mouth on a fish it's amazing that this ship could hide because it's gigantic yeah so his 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 uh rig with like 20 to 30 containers behind it gets dwarfed by this and actually it opens like its mouth its door and swallows the whole thing like it wasn't even like it, it didn't even affect the size. Yeah, of the like ship. again, Star Wars. This is the Star Destroyer at the beginning. It's of exactly the, movie. <laughs> the Star Destroyer. Yeah, it even does the like pan over and shows you how big this the ship is. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyways, they get pulled in and immediately John knows we're getting jacked. It's Jackers. Yeah, it's Jackers. We're uh, okay. Everybody be calling me. Like pulls a gun out and she's like, "You can't use that." He's like, "Okay, okay." And he sets the gun down like a friggin idiot well no he's he's holding the gun when they open the door but he's holding it like neutral like, I'm like not we gonna, surrender we're yeah. not going to and these guys are badass and they kick in and uh they they start yelling at him okay you yeah. you you try to escape we kill you these you, guys look like the smokers from Waterworld. It, they look exactly like the smokers from Waterworld. <laughs> you try to escape we kill you you uh you disobey orders we kill you you don't do what we say we, he said the same thing basically three times and then he goes you know what we might just kill you anyways. And the whole time, the people are not appropriately responding to this at all. They're just like, eh, this sucks, but all right, we'll follow you. I mean, there's not really much they can yeah, do. Yeah, but you know, like every there's tropes that you got to live by. The right. girl's hysterical, the guy's tough, and the young kid wants to defend, which the, they no, do. No, the girl's not hysterical. She keeps her head through this. Well, what I'm saying is like in a traditional trope, right. that would be like what you do. And in this one, they're 
they're all relatively the same, except the kid is, Mike, is a little, he's the one on edge. Mike's panicking a little, but, like, John and Cindy are like, no, no, I know how to deal with this. We know what to to do to to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, They get pulled out, and this is the big reveal. They get chained up by their arms, the two guys in one spot, the girl just a little bit away from them, and this weird hulking mongoloid robot guy comes walking out and all of a sudden you get to see half of his face and sure enough it's neville yep there's charles dance back in the movie i was so happy to see him back and we'll get to the story later but it was dumb the way it ended anyways so Charles, so it's Victor, Charles Nance, you know, whatever you want to call him. Charles Nance might actually be the best part of this movie. He definitely is, especially <laughs> what's coming up. So he walks out, and he has a handful of choice quotes, but the first one I wrote down, so he's he's bullying them, right? He's intimidating them? Yeah, he's rebuilt himself as a robot. Yes, you can see, like, his left, all of his left side is this big robotic arm. It's, like, under the jacket. It's huge. He's wearing this, like, Mad Max, actually, inspired, like, leather jacket with spikes on the shoulders and all these patches and stuff mm-hmm. and uh he's like trash talking them saying what's in your containers what do you got in there we don't know oh boy you made a bad bad choice not knowing and this is where he's gonna cut their penis off yeah um which actually charles dance talks a lot about penis yeah he does in this movie which just earlier this movie has a whole infatuation with him just earlier when they first come off the ship the jackers just pull him off the ship uh john trash talks in some way and the main bad guy the main jacker who's not the captain who's not neville shocks him in the juck with a cattle prod hits him right in the dick with a cattle i prod. think his name was scummy scummy yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah scummy he he cattle rods him in the penis yeah like this movie is infatuated with penises um, especially charles dance though yes he yeah. is like every time when he is on screen he is basically just talking about dicks the yeah whole movie. And, and and did you want to see tywin lannister talk at length about dicks <laughs> yeah. do you want to see him have a dick monologue that's this movie not that even a this. monologue okay well we'll get there there's a better so he is talking to him and i wrote down another choice quote uh john's like listen man just just let us leave this this cargo's bad stuff you don't want to mess with it he's like your cargo I jacked your load <laughs> in the most, most serious. I jacked your load, and he like laughs in their face, and I was like, "Oh, writing that down." <laughs> that right in. Uh, and he's going to uh, torture them with cutting off penises. Yes, because that's what he's about. He actually, John, oh no, that's I wrote that down too. Uh, so after saying I jacked your load, he he's going to cut off Mike's penis. John is like, "Listen, that's when John does his whole thing," and then. He's like, he's yelling at him, and John goes, listen, man, if you want to cut off my penis, you can do it. I'll change, here, I wrote it down. I'll change my name to Terry or Lee or something neutral. (laughs) 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 Which, first off, is Lee a neutral name? Uh, Like, Terry or or, uh, Pat or something like that would have been better. (laughs) But I'll change my name to Terry or Lee or something neutral. I don't care, man, just let us go. (laughs) <laughs> which is just a wonderful super non-pc quote but awesome and then yeah like charles dance goes up and he grabs a dick and he's Yo, like is this no, yours no. yeah he goes yeah he grabs mike's he yeah, reaches he over grabs he grabs mike, mike he goes is this yours is this your he's like mike goes nah that's mine <laughs> and he just lets go of it like Oh, uh, you bested me. I guess it is yours. I mean, he's using a robot hand, too, so I think he legitimately doesn't know whose penis he's grabbing. <laughs> Very good point. Space truckers! <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is where the truckers part gets a little off. 
And uh, so Cindy says, he, he walks over and he starts talking about, oh, your beauty. You know, oh, yeah, I, he like she's sweaty, so he like wipes her off with a rag. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he sniffs the sniffs sweaty the rag. rag. He's like, oh, your your odor, yeah, is, is strong but uh, tantalizing or something. Yeah, yeah <laughs> soothing or something. <laughs> being a real, being very creepy, being a real dirtbag. And he uh, he he goes back to torture them, and he grabs this knife, this cleaver, and he and, or not the cleaver, that's later. He grabs something, and she goes, no, no, no. Okay, listen. You let them go. You don't hurt, or you let us go. You don't hurt anyone, and I'll have I'll sleep. Well, no, he he's actually the one who propositions that. No, no, because he's, like, he's he just yeah, or yeah, he's like you know I I I'm not very I'm not a very good looking man. Yeah. I understand this. I'm normally not going to get to have sex with a woman as good looking as you are. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then that's all that's all like proposition though. She's, Mike, she's Mike the one is like, hey that. you. Yeah. Keep your dirty hands off of and her. John and John just goes, "Listen, kid, you you, you got." I admire him. the fact that he's making the best of his handicap. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, that makes sense." And then she goes, "Don't hurt him. Um, I will sleep with you if you let us go." And he goes, "Well, I, this is my favorite part. I guess it's time to repair to the bedroom." And I even was like, "Doesn't he mean retire?" And Alex goes, "No, no, he's a robot. You see, he's got to repair." I was like, <laughs> "I don't know if that was a poor writing." Thing. Or a glorious writing decision. <laughs> Either way, it worked for me. So they walk in. They just leave the two guys hang up. Unhook her. He even puts her hand in between his robot like clasp. It's literally just like two, like the clamps. Yeah, he's got a clamp. Uh, and he takes her to his room and he starts to derobe. And you see half skin stitched to. The way I like to picture it is: Did you see Batman Forever? Do you remember? Yeah, I remember you, Batman. Ba- no. Batman and Robin. Sorry. Yeah, he kind of looks like Mister Freeze. No, no, no. That's Batman Forever. Do no, you... that's Batman and Robin. Okay, I'm flipping them. Do you remember Bane in in Batman Forever? Oh yeah, yeah. You remember how he, he has, does have the Bane tubes? He has yes. the tubes and the like artificial bullshit. That's what he has. But he also has like a, an actual beating artificial heart under a clear. He decides to use plexiglass for everything. No need to cover it with real metal. Let's just plexiglass so people see how good I am at making stuff. Yep. So, and half his head is, is like his brain is in it, and his brain's an actual computer. He actually referenced earlier when he first jacked them. Um, <laughs> I have to run an algorithm. It takes roughly 7 to 15 seconds. And then he just stands there and you hear... Yep. <laughs> and his brain computer is running. Um, but, okay, so this is this is the good, st- the good start. <laughs> so... He explains that he rebuilt every organ on his body. I know you wrote this quote down. Nothing left out. And he says, I have a low-amp electrical wang pulse that I give off. And he reaches down, grabs a ripcord, and pull starts his penis. He starts, but it doesn't work. (laughs) He, like, pulls it once, and it lights up a little bit and then dims out. And he's like, don't worry, darling. And he, you see him, he turns around, and he's like, hmm, hmm, hmm. And he's like, pole starting. Which so is, just, just just, give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't use this very much. It's very clearly like when a guy can't get it up, and they're like trying to like crank it to get it there. He's like, hold on, darling. And then it cuts away to Dennis Hopper and the, the other pirates. Yeah. And they're trying to force their way into the container. And there's just this whole... No, no, sequ- Hop- oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, John. I, when you said Dennis Hopper, I was thinking you were thinking this... Yes. Yeah, no, the, the, they're trying to force their way into the <laughs> container. And there's this whole scene where the defense system activates and blows up, like, half of the jackers. Before we get there, I just have a question. You know certain actors have done scenes like this that are very... So, 
Kevin Spacey in American Beauty, where he's jacking off in the shower to the 16-year-old yeah, like girl. That's the first movie, the first scene in the movie. Yeah. Vince Vaughn, when he's jacking off behind the wall looking through the picture in Psycho, the remake. Those kind of scenes. Do you think, I can't remember the actor's name. but Charles Dance. Charles Dance, ripcording his penis while sweating profusely is one of those scenes that he's just like, okay, it was. I had to do it at the time. Like, do you think that's for him like Vince Vaughn in Psycho? Have you seen Ali G in the house? Yes. Good point. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Okay. I kind of forgot he was in that movie. So checkmate <laughs> and we're going to move on from that. My favorite, absolute favorite scene, and I have the song on my iPod from Ali G in the house, is when he's um, daydreaming about the woman when he first meets her. And it, uh, let me lick you up and down till you say, and it cuts out of daydream and he's just singing to himself while staring at her. Uh, that or the uh, texting, the shorthand texting scene at the end. <laughs> Anyways, I totally forgot about that. You're totally right. This isn't the worst of his issues. So he <laughs> ripcords his penis. So they're breaking in. Yeah. Um, I'll let you continue. The They activate the laser defense system. Yeah. And it kills most of the pirates. Yeah, jackers. It, it shoots them down. Oh, I wrote this down. You have the very, very has to happen in every action move ever. There's a guy on a ledge with a gun shooting at the... Uh, the attacker, he gets shot in the stomach every time and does the perfect front flip off the ledge and lands on his back. But no Wilhelm scream. I was hoping no. for the Wilhelm scream and I, it doesn't happen. It, especially as like it is titled as a comedy. You think you would hear the traditional, ah! yeah. <laughs> and no, you don't. You just get, but you do get the flip. Everyone gets shot down. And then you have the corniest. This is where, again, the comedy comes in. The guy's like, I can't well, remember. They, the they blow up the, the laser turret with a uh, rocket launcher. Yeah, they rocket it down. And um, stuff is very selectively damageable. Like these mutant monster genetic things that we talked about earlier in the movie. It seems like nothing can kill him, but later anything... We'll get there. Yep. So um, the guy's laying on the ground. And he has a hole in his chest and his buddy comes over. He's like, no, no, man, you can't do this. He's like, it smells like... Is someone cooking? What, what's ta- what are you talking about? It smells like someone's making hamburgers and there's smoke coming out of his chest from where he got laser blasted. And he just goes, that's you, man. He looks down. Oh, and he died. Yep. Like, why do that? I mean, I get it, but why do that? Why put that in the movie? Because uh, this scene was meant to take a break so that it can cut then back to Charles Dance, who is still revving. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it, it hasn't happened yet, but I just have to point out, when he finally gets the penis r- running, like it's like a dad pull starting a lawnmower. Like When it finally runs, he's like, smiling and it glows yes he decided to put leds in this so you could really see what's <laughs> happening or maybe that's just the uh, low amp electric wing pulse that's exactly what it probably is so um if suck zucks weren't the title low amp electric wing pulse probably should be <laughs> yeah, exactly so they break down the door with this new like um plasma burner like this big monster looking well, no 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 thing. they're not there yet because he does the the girl escapes no because immediately after he escapes she goes out in her disguise yes so no but the, that is after no because they oh no they put the hole in it and they inspect it first i thought nope you're right you're right that's on me so he comes over to her and he's like uh we are 100 percent operational my dear <laughs> and he goes to lay down on her and what does she do grabs the bane tubes yep. pulls one out and he's screaming Ah, antifreeze is flying. I have to assume it was antifreeze. It looks exactly like it. <laughs> flying everywhere. He falls on his back. She pulls another one out, and he's like, you just made the worst mistake of your life. You'll never get off this ship. 
and she has the genius plan. Put on his jacket, put on his glasses, put on his hat, take his cigar. But here's the thing. No one will ever know. It works. Yeah, she gimps out because he has a, he has a, a, like a, he, he goes with a peg leg of all the, he decides to make himself an electric dick. He decides to give himself an awesome clamp, but he still gives himself literally a peg leg. Yep. What was, anyways. So she like limps out and there's this guy out there whose name I don't remember. They do say it. That's Scummy. No, no, no. Scummy was the guy with the ponytail. This is the fat guy. Okay, no. So he's out there and she just goes, she, she does a head nod. Goes, yeah, because if she talks, then she's obviously yeah. not Charles Dance. And so. it's, she's kind of shadowed, so sure, but she's clearly not the same size, clearly not the same build, doesn't have the robotic arm, nothing. And he just goes, you want me to leave? Okay. <laughs> not, I'm not, I think I acted that scene as well as he did. Yeah, pretty much. You want me to leave? Okay. Starts walking away, and then she goes, she like snaps her fingers and points at him, and she goes, oh, you want me to kill him? Shakes her head. You want to kill him? Should I let him down? She doesn't move, and he just decides that that's what he wants. Like, not a good disguise. Nothing about this makes any sense. Well, at it all. gets it, it doesn't get foiled until Charles Dance himself comes out. He, he walks right out, and he just goes, "Oh, I can't remember the character's name, but he even points it out like you dunce." And just, so it, this guy's clearly not intelligent. So it's like, all right, now let's commence with cutting everyone's dick yep. off. I'm going to, uh, uh, you know what? You could have been my wife. You could have ran this ship with me. Now you're going to watch me kill your friends. And he grabs the big meat cleaver. This is the cleaver I was talking about. But then, you know, uh, Dennis Hopper, John Canyon, is like, hey, uh, our cargo killed like half your dudes. You want to check that out this first? This is exactly what, yep, you're right. This is what I was talking about Did earlier. you Did your brain actually think to, uh, to, to process that first? And, without, and then you actually see his brain process. Yeah, beep, 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 lights, like LEDs going off. And then without like any sort of transition, it's just boom. They're bringing out this big weapon, and they're going to burn this plasma hole in the side. They walk inside, and he immediately recognizes, uh, Oh, shit. It's the death robots from the beginning of the movie. With a quick... Uh, he explains, I built these. With a quick reprogram, we'll take over the uh, planet, or we'll take over the galaxy or something, or whatever. And then he says, I'm going to kill Skaggs and rip his heart out and leave it by his liver or something like that. And, Definitely talks about his scrotum. Remember, yeah, oh, yeah. Charles Dance is 100% about yeah, dicks yeah. in this movie. We'll grab him by his little wrinkly scrotum is what he says out loud. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, ah, oh, what do you know? One of them's not here. Ooh, what did you yeah. just say? You actually saw one of them activate when they were trying to drill into it the, earlier. And the way it activates is like, you know those LED lights for Christmas that are in the clear plastic tube? Yep. That's exactly what it looks like. Just push down in and it's just blinking. Uh-huh. That's it. And then all of a sudden, Charles goes, what did you just say? And and then it's behind him. Yeah. And then uh, you hear a scuffle. You hear, obviously, this thing murdering them. And then it comes out. And instead of... It, this is what I was talking about. Some people get, like, laser sliced. Some people get really shitty CGI full disintegration deaths. And some people get, get punched. kung fu fight. They have, like, a knife that can come out. He even says... Oh, bo- or, no, not boss. He goes, oh, someone, he's got a Swiss Army knife, and the big knife comes out. When we say, there, there, are, there are two disintegration effects that they have in this movie. One is replacing whatever has been disintegrated with melted styrofoam. Mm-hmm. And the other is just, like, taking a character who is getting disintegrated and just, like, slowly chroma-keying him out. Yep, just disappearing. <laughs> Poof. And uh, so this is, a, I wrote down this this uh, quote as well. So John and Mike are still strapped up. She is not. She's work, She goes to one of the bodies disintegrated and, and takes the keys to get him out. 
Cindy, you mean? Cindy does. Sorry, mm-hmm. and she gets them off, and the robot's over here now, ready to kill them. And you hear Cindy is still, by the way, wearing the same uh, broad <laughs> the green panties. bra. Yeah. Um, you hear the same doofus who thought Cindy was Neville go. He has this weird grenade, and he goes, "Bite a death nut, asshole!" Yes, <laughs> and he throws the grenade at this thing, who just. Kind of like backhand swipes it back, and at then him. he does a no. He does a pirouette. The robot oh, does a spin pirouette. Move. Yeah. yeah, spin move launches it back, which hits him, knocks him down, and the elevator closes with the death nut on this dumb guy, and he explodes, and it explodes and kills him. So you get a traditional escape scene. Uh, they're like shooting, pushing people out the way. This robot is murdering everyone. Um, they get in the ship and basically just floor it out of there. Uh-huh. And when they do this, I don't remember exactly why, but some chain of events leads to the entire ship, this massive destroyer, completely dismantling and blowing apart. Every piece of it just falls, collapses on itself, big end of Star Wars Death Star explosion, yep. and they just ride off into the sunset. It was a, it was a load-bearing uh, robot. Yeah, yeah, know. it must have been. Um so everyone back there is dead, the ship's exploded, and they're on their way to Earth. Because they're still, despite everything they saw... Taking the well, ship. They, they, they have not actually learned what the deal is with the death robots. No, but they did see the death robot come off of their right, cargo. Right, so they're pretty sure it's not sex dolls back there anymore. Yeah. But they're not. They aren't aware of exactly how dangerous these things are, and yeah. they've got they've got a job to do. So I wrote this next one down, where just for the sake of time, and we're basically at the end of the story. Yep. Um, they're flying. They're on their way to Earth. They're not far off. You can see Earth in the in the window. She, you hear a, a knocking. And tapping. S- a tapping. And Cindy exclaims, does somebody hear something back there? That sounds like something back there. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> delivered pretty much exactly as he did it, too. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of those quotes where I'm like, is that supposed to be funny or is that just a really bad it, line? It makes me feel like maybe Debbie forgot her line. Like the line was maybe, does someone hear something back there? Or it sounds like something back there. And she just kind of jumbled it into... Does somebody hear something back there? That sounds like something back there. And then they were just like, you know what? We've shot like 12 shot scenes, or we've done like 12 takes. Let's just call this one. I can't do this anymore. Click. Like if her character were supposed to be dumb, that's like the kind of line you would give to a dumb character. Exactly. But I don't think that's what she's, because no. she's, she's shown as canny and resourceful. She does lots movie, of so. stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> so. But she's still in her bra and panties. You know, so they go back to investigate and sure enough, Charles is on the ground, completely, his bottom half completely disintegrated. His melted styrofoam. Yeah, it's the really bad melted styrofoam effect. And he's exclaiming to them, like, yep, you're going to die. That's too bad. Here, take this. And on his neck is that device that he it's used like, at the beginning. Yeah, it's a remote. That it, it can it can activate them. It can also deactivate them. Yep. Uh, they're going to, what's happened now is their sequence has started up. So they're going to activate first one, then two, then four, then eight in sequence yep. until they're all active. Until everything's active. And I wrote down this quote too. Charles is explaining that basically you have no idea the doom you've created or something or the peril you're in. That these things are definitely going to invade Earth now. Yep. And, and uh, you done fucked up. Good luck. And Charles goes, if I had an anus, I'd probably soil myself. That's his second to last line in the movie. Yes. <laughs> and then his very last line was... Um, Shit, he hands him the remote, says one thing. And I think it was, I hope you can use this. Oh, yep, I hope you can use this, or, or something along those lines, and then just breath out. Yep. Yep. And then Dennis Hopper says... For a, a racist, 
Uh, what was he saying? For a racist gimp rapist. Yeah. He died okay. He died okay. <laughs> <laughs> For a racist gimp rapist. He died okay. Or a murderer. He died okay. And then, uh, so they, they immediately, all of a sudden, there's two of them getting ready to murder them. And uh, he just looks up and is like, oh no, this is the end of it. Now, what, based off of what these things can do, you think they would have disintegrated them basically instantly. But no, they like a good challenge, I guess, every now they and again. They go up to like go into melee with them, and he just turns them off with the remote. Yep, clicks the remote. And then uh, they're like, oh, shit. Well, you heard what that guy said. One, two, four, yada, yada. Let's look around. Two more show up. Well, no, they start activating inside the thing. Turns those off. And he's like, or, yeah, he's like, oh, we can't turn them off until they're fully activated. So we'll wait outside for them to come out here, and then we'll turn them off. Okay. And they do, but there's only two out here, and the four were supposed to activate. And then you hear clink, clink, and he's like, "Cindy, put your spacesuit on!" And it zooms out and shows them like walking in outer space. Like, yep, they're on top of the truck yeah. now. So they run inside. The minute they get inside, Cindy's got puts her helmet on, and the glass breaks out. Yep, they come in through the windows, through the front windows of the space truck. Yep, and this now this is the really corny part. So okay, they, they immediately go, knock the remote out of uh, yep. out of John's hand, and it goes flying. Mike chases it, but doesn't get to it. So now you have uh, John and Mike over on this one side. Cindy going into the exit chamber with another one chasing her, and she tries to close the door, and it has these weird. Tentacles, tentacles shoot out yep. of it that you've only ever seen you haven't seen yet no you did they're kind of like the led christmas light things yeah and you also saw it when john and mike are watching the things activate mm-hmm. that's what's pulling it together but anyways they come out start wrapping her we had subtitles on and you hear like gagging and loss of breath but she's wearing a spacesuit. these things couldn't yeah it doesn't seem the like they're actually that. choking her it's just containing suit. her um it's just kind of wrapping around her yeah so despite rocket like it looks mildly annoying yeah but despite rocket launchers, machine guns, all different okay, things... Okay, this is actually explained. Oh, it is? Yes. Okay. Because it goes to use its laser on John, uh-huh. and then you hear a computer oh, voice... Oh, this isn't what I'm talking about, but yes, continue this part. This it's like, uh, don't destroy the truck, it's your transport to Earth. So Don't that's, harm your transport. Yep, that's why they're not using their disintegration yeah. lasers, because it would probably blow up the truck. True, but my problem here is, okay, so she's getting tied up. Mike grabs a oxygen tank a liquid oxygen tank shoves it in its face and just turns it on which freezes it and you even see later sally has like frozen pieces on her helmet yep all right sure maybe that could kill it because these are kind of human so let's assume that robotics aside like and human aside it would do something but john's genius idea is pull the microwave out of its cabinet smash it on top of the thing's head which in a for cartoonish some reason, fashion yeah yeah like a painting over a character's head yep which despite the despite the fact that that would probably destroy the microwave doesn't break it and he just hits start and the microwave is able to destroy the head of this thing and murder it well it doesn't actually show the head being destroyed it might just have stunned it enough that they can kick it into this because that's what they do next to these they things, do yes is kick them into space but like, and then it's floating away these things survived really anything. They are the perfect soldier, and all you're telling me was all you had to do was microwave it or freeze it a little bit. I'm not sure if, again, it goes by fast. Not sure if that killed it yeah. or if it just gave them the opportunity to push them and into I'll space. And the, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for comedic effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so now those two are out of the way, and they're like, listen, they're coming fast. John tells them, get in the escape pod, get home. I'm going to cut loose the, sh- the cargo 
and that's going to burn up in atmosphere, and I'm going to land safer. Also, I'm 100% cool with you two getting married now. Yeah, oh yeah, that's exactly what it says. Listen, the minute you land, you take her to the nearest chapel, and you marry her. They don't address this, um, but the characters don't. They're just like, they don't say okay. He was was angry about it earlier, and in this scene, he is now cool with it. Yeah, which we understand why. Him and Mike fought a robot together, so that's that's, that's a bond that you... uh, you you get past you're like we did it Bo. Uh-huh. Um so there's a genius idea, they agree to it. He's outside, they get in the space capsule and they fly off. He's trying to disconnect it with like C four, and you can kind of tell this might be a kamikaze mission at this point. Uh-huh. Um, which is why maybe he said the whole Mary thing. Then the silliest thing. So these things are coming <laughs> out and he backs up and gets so he's chained himself to his to the rig. And he sets off the C4 thinking it's going to break free and kill them. The C4 does kill some of them. It does, but it doesn't break them free at all. And the other ones are surviving. So then the escape pod is like backing up for some reason, getting closer. And then you can tell he's like, oh, they're coming back for me. But then they jettison off. He knows exactly what they're doing. They they destroy the robots with the boosters from the... uh... Do you think he was like... Yes, because he gives them the double bird. Well, he knows that it's going to murder them, but then when the escape pod is actually taking off headed to Earth, he has the drop of like, oh, I thought you were... No, I I didn't get that. He he wanted them to get out, and then he was like, all right, now I got to deal with this. Yeah. Because it it took out the robots that were crawling on there, but there's still the convoy full of them, and the explosives didn't take that out. So So this is where he actually pulls what might be a coal maneuver. Yeah, he, he gets in the ship, turns it around entirely and kind of backs into Earth's orbit so that it'll burn them up on the way. Like, it'll eat them away Yep. as he's going down. And you'll note, like, as it's going, it's not doing it enough, like, fast enough. And he's, like, freaking out. They land on Earth in the desert somewhere. Yep. <laughs> this is the dumbest. Oh, my God. This is... Oh, yeah, this is the, pretty dumb. Literally the dumbest, like, way of turn of events of writing. They... So you see the ship burning up, and he's like, oh, there's John. And it's like, is there smoke? Yeah, there's going to be smoke, sweetie. Big explosion. So the, this is when you think John's dead. It was a suicide mission. And then all of a sudden you hear, ha, ha, ha. And, and John's coming down on a parachute. Like a big, wide parachute. Just like, da-da-da-da-da-da. John, the guy who does not take any options for his spaceship, has a decided that he would have a parachute in his spaceship. Not <laughs> to mention, if you're going so fast, your entire spaceship and cargo is burning up. You jumping out. You're not gonna not burn up. You're not just gonna parachute and survive. You're you're done. Oh my god! And it, you know, he lives, and he's just like, "Hey guys, yeah, you miss and, me?" Yeah, and he conveniently lands right next to them. And this was another like right before that was another example of bad acting. Cindy just goes, "Oh no, John, John! Oh no, John, John!" She is probably the worst actress in this movie. Oh my god, it was bad, dude. It was so bad. Um, and he lands, and they're like, "Well." Let, let's go see your mama. <laughs> and, then, yep. and so they go to the hospital in Earth City. And you hear the voiceover from the news reporter. Two truckers and a waitress saved Earth from an alien invasion. From an army of death robots. Like, they know all the details. They, uh, yeah, like, as if they literally took the statement and made it fact on the like national news. <laughs> like, this is what happened. There's so, no actual evidence that any of that actually transpired. Because nobody who knew about the death robots lived through this except them. Yeah, they're the only three with any sort of information. And, and if they went, there's a lot of reason to believe that if they just went to a radio station with this information, they'd be laughed out of it. Exactly. But hey, hey, no, that's that's this is where we are. You know, and Earth is a shit show, which is explained earlier, like at the very first scene of the movie, Sags explains that like, 
government's on its last leg. Everything's going to collapse into anarchy. So they show up to a hospital. There's homeless people and sick people surrounding the stairs everywhere. Yep. Uh, oh, they meet. Uh, they meet Cindy's mom, who is a fox. It turns out she's super hot. She might actually be hotter than Cindy, depending on your taste. When she got sick, I'm assuming immediately yeah, after. Yeah, she had like Cindy. a terminal disease, and they gave her the option to freeze herself until they could cure it. And they did. So she like lost 20 years of her life, and still looks like she's 20 years younger. Yeah, she looks wonderful. And I then mean, she's like. Hey, well, Dennis Hopper, you don't get you don't get Cindy, but hey, and everything she's saying is over the top seductive, not yep. like not like any sort of like low key. It's just like, well, you know, I may be twenty years younger, but I definitely know a thing or two. And you're like, okay, all right. And Dennis Hopper's like, all right, and then, I get something out of this after <laughs> yeah. all. It's like, all right, fine. He immediately is just like, all right, Mike, you can have Cindy. I figured something else out. Ghost Rider. But then they're interrupted because the president of the world <laughs> yeah, shows, up. <laughs> shows up. And his, his SUV or his limo pulls up and they're the literally a SWAT police team is pushing homeless people. People in Dumping wheelchairs, people out of wheelchairs are getting knocked on the ground and he walks in and he shows up and he go and he goes Oh, hey, so you're the space truckers who killed the Spanish. And it robot. turns out that the president of the world is Sags from the beginning of the movie. Ultimate turn of events, because he was not yep. at the beginning. He gets... He's like, yeah. He's, he's like, listen, we can keep this on the down low. I know you know things you yeah, don't like, need to know. Maybe some rogue at the company. This evil megacorp is never actually named. It's just called the company throughout yes, the movie. Yeah. And it's they not call him, They call him company butt boys. <laughs> Yeah, co- they, they use that term more than once. Like four or five times. Like, Charles oh, Dance says it at some yeah, point. Yeah, Charles like, you guys are a bunch of company butt boys. You think I don't know what's going on on your ship? And Mike goes when president of the world SAG shows up and offers them, uh, he pays the hospital bill for her. So, so yeah, uh, SAGS did. was planning to take over the world through diplomacy. Uh-huh. And he did anyway. Uh-huh. But he said, well, maybe someone at the company sent them as like a contingency in case I didn't get elected. Yeah. But since I did, that doesn't matter anymore. So we'll just like sweep this under the rug. Here's some money. Keep it quiet. He gives. Uh, I'll also give you a new truck. Yep. He gives Cindy, pays all the hospital bills for mom. Call it a day. Done. He gives Mike a suitcase full of money. And he gives uh, John a brand new, like, high-end, top-of-the-line rig to continue space trucking, I guess. Because it's like, hey, man, you know, if, if in real life you had dirt on President Trump, you would get, like, $100 million and set for life. In this, he's just like, new truck, go rig some more. Like, work for minimum wage rigging, because obviously that makes us even. And Mike's like, no, we'll never do this. And Cindy's like, no, we have, we have our honor. We didn't do this yeah. for the money. And John's like, I did. John's like, just be cool, man. Be yeah. cool. You're, they're going to come. They're going to kill you if you don't do this. Take the money. And Sags leaves happy like, all right, we did it. And and just, God. Okay, so Mike <laughs> is like, I'm not here for this. I'm not doing this. Grabs the suitcase, hucks it at the window. And it turns out the money was a bomb. Yeah, so Sags gets into his, his, his limo, smiling like that kind of like, eh, 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 eh. Grabs a, a detonator out of his pocket, turns the green light on that says detonate, as the suitcase, they do a really fun close-up. The director loves these. Yep. Suitcase is getting closer and closer to the limo. As it's at the limo, clicks the button, blows himself up. And uh, hold on, I wrote down. <laughs> you definitely wrote this down. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, Sags got fragged. Looks like Sags fragged himself. Who's going to get blamed for this? Well, looks like we are. And then the mom, who apparently is now cool with being a convict, oh, got to yeah. get out of here. 
Good thing Sags gave us a new space truck that's definitely not rigged to explode. Yep, and they go get in the space truck, and the final scene of the movie is just takeoff, which I'm almost certain... Is stock footage of, is, like, an Apollo rocket yep, taking off? Yep, it's the big rockets. It looks exactly like a space shuttle. I'm almost certain they stole it. <laughs> now, there's so many... And credits. Yeah, that's the movie. <laughs> done. You, you don't explain the love story. You don't explain the way the the United States or the world is now officially in anarchy with no president. You don't explain how he was elected. You don't explain the robots and what their goal was going to be if they had landed. Well, no, they were going, they were a contingency plan in case Sags didn't become president. Yeah. But, but you don't know that Sags was actually trying to become president. You thought like his whole goal was probably the robots. And they also explained that he had to get the robots there in two days. And when they actually land on earth, Sags had just been elected like a day ago. Yep. Maybe they were they don't say timeline wise, they were late with the shipment, so he actually became president via diplomacy. But if they had got there on time, he would have become president via taking Be over. Via threat of death robot, yes. They just kinda let that go. They're just Oh like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it happened. I actually thought that was kind of funny. It was uh, they the love It's very stupid, but kind of funny. Yeah. The company who yep. knows what happens to them, who knows what happens to the pigs, who knows what happened to uh to Earth. To anything. Yeah, like <laughs> All right, credits. Roll credits. Yep, roll credits. Uh, all right, so let's do let's do what we do. First things first. Is it worse than Fan Four Stick? No. Okay. <laughs> this movie has a sense of fun about it that's kind of infectious. I did not hate watching this. Also, while it's not a good movie at all, it is a brisk ninety minutes. Fan Four Stick. I don't know if it, no Fan Four Stick felt like so many movies. Yes. Tacked onto each other. Uh, this was at it, least it wasn't three hours it felt like three hours all right next question honest honesty how much of it do you think was meant to be implied comedy like how much do you think this director was being serious with a 90s sci-fi action movie and how much do you think of it was the director being serious with i'm making a comedy of a 90s sci-fi action comedy or uh, action movie i really don't know i want to say 50%. I want to say the uh, Norm getting butt sucked out because they actually claim... They they play a fart sound effect. Well, that and when they're getting pulled over by the cops in the beginning, John actually says to the cops, what, you want to know the last... or what I know of what happened to him? Last time I saw him, he was, his ass was getting sucked out through a space window. That was a direct quote. Yeah. So I want to say that was real. I want to say all I'm, the penis stuff yeah. with, with Charles was, was intended. But... I don't think the goofy parachuting in was intended to be funny. I don't think the bad effects are supposed to be as funny as I don't think the bad effects are funny, and I don't think the Sags fragged himself was supposed to be funny. I don't think the, hey, is there something back there? It sounds like there's something back there was meant to be. So I'm going to go with half. That sounds fair. That sounds fair. I I think that's what I was going to do. But what do you think the rock? I have it pulled up. I haven't looked at it. What do you think the rock? We've done this with every movie. What do you think the Rotten Tomato score of Space Truckers 1996 was? There's very little chance that any actual critic liked this movie. I would agree. So I'm going to give it, like, let's say a f- 5 to 10%. Okay, I'm going to go higher. I'm going to assume... I'll say 10%. Okay, I'm going to assume there was a handful of critics out there that said it was a fun, campy sci-fi action romp. Okay. But I'm not going to go that high. I'm going to go... 18%. I was going to go in the 20s, but I feel the minute you break the two barrier, you're giving it some sort of credit. So I'm going to go 18%. All right. 
Space Truckers got, which we don't judge Rotten Tomatoes as we've we've made this discussion. I just like to claim it every time because at work we'll talk mm-hmm. about Rotten Tomato scores and a bunch of people get all whatever about it. But guessing the guessing is the score fun, is part yeah. of the game we play. It's here, worth so. noting. IMDb gave it a five point six out of ten, and all Amazon uh, uh, people that rated it gave it a four stars out of five. Uh huh. Well, that's the average of the Amazon score. Yeah, is, yes. a, is a 4 out of 5. Sorry, yes. And IMDb gave it a 5.6 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 8%. Ooh. You were so close. 8%. And I'm going to read just like the most simple of... Uh, just of read the... some review. Well, is there a consensus? What's the consensus? So the uh, movie info, watching now cast, critics... Uh, I don't see a consensus. Oh, really? Huh. No. Uh, critic consensus, no consensus yet. It's worth noting, okay. the audience score is 28%. Okay. But here's just a handful. I'll read, like, two good ones. and or Actually, there's no there's one good one and a couple bad ones. Right. And, they're, and they're the shorthand, obviously. I'm give, This is the good one. I'm giving this at one a pass just for sheer audacity, which is fair. Fair. <laughs> just That guy... Went through with making this movie. He, he, I feel like he's kind of landed about where I've landed on this movie. Or... Oh, I didn't know this. This makes sense. So I'll read two. Here's one. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read three because the last one made me laugh. You read it right. That's Space Truckers. <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> and it's a negative. Uh, here's another one. Hopper appears to be doing a sight reading for a script run through. And George Went is sacrificed for the sake of a fat joke. George Went is Norm, mm. and it was kind of a fat joke that he runs a pork company yep, yep. and gets ass sucked through a window. That is, it, Dennis Hopper is kind of sleepy. He like he put more effort into Waterworld than he did yeah. into this movie. And my last one is, which I didn't know this was true. Here's another Stuart Gordon mess as he tries to live up to Reanimator. Oh, this is the guy who did Reanimator. I have no idea. All right, all right. Does that change your whole opinion of the movie? No, <laughs> this movie is exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. It is. I okay. So earlier, I, I made the joke like I'm not happy. I am very happy I spent money on this because, in the same vein that you show someone uh, a Street Fighter or the same vein that you show someone Mortal Kombat Annihilation, I will be showing people Space Truck. This is an excellent bad movie. Yes. This is quality bad movie right here. Uh, you hear uh, tons of people do it. It's a very it's a very common thing for people to do bad movie night with their friends. Mm-hmm. Put this on your list. If you do that with your friends, put this on your list. Oh, you will have a great time with this movie. We had a great time watching it. And this isn't... I remember you saying at work, you have a big problem with people saying that they like movies ironically. This isn't the same thing as that. We know it's a bad movie. We still like it. It's okay to like things that are bad. Yeah, it's worth seeing. And we did watch it with a handful of other people. And everyone had plenty of laughs and that's the most important part and not like oh can you like legitimate like he's revving up his penis laugh (laughs) that got a huge laugh that was so good i did not expect that i knew it was going to be a robot dick i knew it was going to be that but when he reaches down and grabs a rip cord and goes i did not see that coming at all Oh, some of the intentional comedy definitely lands in this movie it's worth it for that it It can be a little gross but it's so good uh, otherwise, this has been another mo- mu- movie review by yours truly, Kevin. Hopefully, we'll do more before like next year. Next one up <laughs> is Return to Oz. Yes, we wanted to get. We, we took so long to to watch the fan the fan request that by Jay Bellevue that we wanted to make sure we got it in. But Return to Oz, we've talked about a few times. That is the next movie. 
otherwise. Yes. This has been Men of the Machine. I am Kevin. And I'm DJ. And suck a zuck. It's a As you can see, over here we have the man of the machine.